Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Clarissa Burt. She's author of The Self-Esteem Regime. So welcome, Clarissa, to the show. It's great to have you on board today. Thanks, Karen. I'm really glad to be here because we've got lots of really great information for your audience today. Oh, I think it's a fabulous topic because it's something we yeah. kind of brush past on, but we don't really do a deeper dive into it, really. So we're exactly. talking all about self-esteem. So your book is called The Self-Esteem Regime. So let's yeah. just expand a bit more on what is self-esteem? Right. Well, self-esteem is the way you perceive yourself. It's the way that you interact with yourself. It's the way you interact with everyone else, quite frankly. Uh, I always say that if you know your, your self-esteem is intact by the time your feet hit the ground in the morning, you're probably not going to have the greatest you know, uh, relationship with yourself or with others. And I, and I mean that sincerely. Self-esteem is something that uh, we basically learn in, from the natal tribe. So from our family, um, we also can learn it from our, our, you know, our schools and schooling. We learn it from the other kids, um, you know, whether we were bullied or not. We learn it from our our uh, churches, our faith, uh, whoever it is we're listening to, um, uh, even when it comes to, uh, you know, media. Uh, and so especially women are bombarded with, you know, images that are just so non-attainable. Uh, no matter how beautiful and pretty you are, some of these images, you know, that our young girls are bring, uh, being brought up, uh, looking at, uh, or watching on the telly, are really not um, not truth. It's not reality. And, and been so photoshopped we, half the time anyway, haven't they? Well, photoshopped really was where it started. So when yeah. pho- Adobe came out with, I think it was Photoshop came out first, and I think it was Adobe then picked it up, or whatever the, the story is. It still was, you know, it was a kind of thing that everybody thought, wow, this is so cool. Look at that we can get rid of the wrinkles and we can give ourselves curves where we didn't have them before we can flatten a tummy and all those things were kind of full, cool in the beginning but yeah. we didn't understand i don't think the ramifications yeah. of what it would mean socially and especially to our young girls yeah. so what we find now is young girls that are running off to botox parties or getting you know a body modification done at you know earlier and earlier ages uh whether it be just a nose job or whether they're you know still in high school getting breast augmentation or you know they're barely barely babies still and and they're they're doing all of these drastic changes to to their image and that's because they have poor self-image yeah yeah so uh you know i'm going way ahead of myself but i think you understand (laughs) the importance of having good happy health esteem living uh in your truth living what is your reality and as young children you know again we are bombarded by all of these different um, elements that um, that are, you know, again, bombarding us on a daily basis. So it's really been, you know, for me, um, I was able to see at an early age, my mother, a beautiful woman, pretty, pretty lady. Don't take my picture. I come out horrible in pictures. It's terrible. Don't, don't you know, okay, mom, we won't take your picture. Uh, my grandmother, uh, adored my grandmother, beautiful woman. Oh, she needed to lose weight. Well, Karen, she didn't need to lose a pound. But she decided one day she was going to take two diet pills. She perforated her esophagus, wound up in the hospital uh, uh, after choking on these pills for about six weeks. Oh, and I thought, well, that was kind of, that's kind of silly. 
Then I went out into the, the modeling world and I modeled with some of the top one, I mean, from everybody from Iman down. I mean, I worked with all of the best of the best. I was on the same catwalks with them all around the world. We, you know, we were all on, you know, we, we were cover girls. We, they're some of the most beautiful women ever. And I noticed that they were either in toxic relationships or maybe they were drugging themselves or maybe they talked bad, poorly about themselves or he looking at, I'm thinking to myself, well, there's a common denominator here. Mm. And what it is is self-esteem or lack thereof, poor self-esteem. And so I realized that, you know, with my book, The Self-Esteem Regime, and I use the word regime because it's an organized way of doing things. And what I did was put an organizational blueprint, <clears throat> if you will, into 12 chapters that start with release. So what were you taught? What do you need to be, what do you need to unlearn that you think is, might still be serving you? And this is a way that, you know, we really come to, and we sort of scratch our head and go, well, I thought that was serving me, but it really isn't. So you want to make sure that you do the work in the book because you're going to start with what's not working, what's not serving you, what are the, those beliefs that you're still holding on to? Because it's what you were taught that really do not resonate with what is true for you. So let's go back then to when you were a child growing up and you saw your grandmother taking the diet pills and your mum not wanting her picture taken. Did that rub off, rub off on you when you went into the modelling world? Did you feel like that yourself? No. Uh-uh. So I, I, mean, I, I, I couldn't wait to have my picture taken away <laughs> give me a microphone give me a stage i'm good to go you know that was kind of it and i was lucky to be constitutionally as a as a you know as a child a young girl and up until menopause quite frankly i was always very constitutionally thin after that of course we gained a few pounds nothing that i wasn't able to control so it was it was never an issue for me i never took a diet pill i love having my picture taken taken and again love being on a stage so i think it's also intrinsic my mother was probably a little bit shyer and she had a chubby gene as a child well they were also feeding them much differently back then than they do exactly. now yeah, yeah. in the 40s and the 50s lots of butter lots of cream lots of desserts lots of sugar right a lot more going on <clears throat> with our mothers and our grandmothers that was much more in the way if they didn't know that how much fat and sugar was was contained in the foods that we were eating so that was one of the reasons that i think my poor mom probably had a little bit more you know baby fat on her than she really wanted to have obviously she blossomed into a beautiful woman with a lovely with a lovely figure and the rest but she kept on she held on to not wanting to ever get chubby not my mother's claim to fame was that after she birthed me she came out of the hospital in the same jeans that she wore before she got pregnant oh. My mother, because when she found out she was pregnant with me, and she was a young girl, she was only 18 when she got pregnant with me, she ate jello for the remainder of the what? Ah, Seven okay. months. That's she ate nothing but jello, which is nothing but sugar. It's protein, it's, it's collagen and sugar. I was basically born a crack baby because I was, <laughs> I was, I was very hyper because <clears throat> of all the sugar mom ingested. But I digress. What I'm trying to get at is that, you know, you really have to, um, you know, have a better a, a, a belief system in yourself that is very hard to obtain sometimes unless you do the work that needs to be done. It affects absolutely everything. I know you were talking about working with models or beautiful girls 
clearly all had issues, but it's not just on the catwalk, is it? And the way we look, it's it's in our jobs, it's in our relationships. We somehow just just find it somewhere. This low exactly. self esteem. Okay, exactly. so let's talk about your book. Um, working through some of the um, issues. Why, why have you implemented your book as a regime? And let's talk about these regimes. Well, because I'd really feel as though, you know, it's time to get up, move on and never look back. Yes. Uh, it's one of those kinds of things that if I call it a regime and I tell you, you must read this book, you must do the work that's in this book, put on your big girl panties, put on your big girl britches, let's get this done. Because the more you wangle about, the more you're kind of, you know, uh, you know, you're not really, you know, don't have a plan. There is no blueprint. You don't know how to move forward. You don't know who to listen to. You don't know what books to buy. And, you know, the book shops really aren't, you know, as available as they used to be. Yes, we've got Amazon, but who really goes on to Amazon to look for a book for self-esteem? If I said to you, listen, I'm having a fabulous workshop or a wonderful summit, and I want you all to come, and it's called, you know, Happy Healthy Self-Esteem. People probably aren't going to come because they probably think it's fluffy, it's, uh, oh, whatever, it's, I'm doing just fine, thank you, all by myself. You, you know, when you realize the work that, that you can be doing on yourself to make yourself a better person tomorrow than you are today, on all of life and its ramifications, whether it be your education, your finances, your relationships, your uh, work uh, um, uh, performance, your productivity, whatever it is, there is something that may be standing in the way of you and being the better person tomorrow. And usually it's fear. And fear of what? Well, could be fear of failure. That's normally where we're at. Failure is... Um, it's your first attempt in learning, right? That's what fail is. Failing is, is a normal part of what we, we do as human beings frequently. And we have to be all right with that. We have to forgive ourselves for that because every time we fail, we're that much closer to success. I guarantee you that Ford didn't come off of the assembly line with the first perfect car and, you know, uh, and the bells and, and whistles were, no. It's same with the, the, the first, you know, with Einstein and the first light bulb. <clears throat> there were many, many failed attempts until there was a, a, a success. And, and, and I will tell you that every time you fail, it's kind of, well, okay, again, big girl britches, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for trying, uh, because now I'm that, again, again, every time you fail, that much closer to success. So that's the good news. So why did you write the book now, or what has it been written during lockdown? I'll tell you what really gave me the idea, and that was, uh, first of all, I've been wanting to write the book for a very long time. But I saw the Me Too movement come through, and I thought to myself, you know, I've got to, I've got to take my hat off to these younger girls because what I was taught, Karen, as a, as a young girl was, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Boys will be boys. Men will be men. If you're feeling threatened, cross the street, um, you know, um, close one eye, uh, pretend you didn't understand, pretend. You know, and I, I can't tell you the times that, you know, I was either, I was never really assaulted, but I, you know, when they, there used to be a big thing to, they, you know, to flash, yeah. you know, I'll never forget when I was, when I was traveling uh, and, and I was on, you know, VIP status coming in from Europe or going back to Europe, there was, they, they would assign somebody to come pick you up at the gate <laughs> and I would be picked up, I was picked up at the gate and this gentleman and I would get into the elevator together. Now I'm 25, 26 years old. And, and he would, he would, it, it, 
you know, try, try it on with me in the elevator. Or the next thing I knew, uh, you know, his zipper was down and, and he was exposing himself. And it was, and I couldn't wait to get off the elevator. Or I remember being flashed along the Seine in Paris. You know, there were these kinds of things that you thought, why would anybody think that that would be something I'd want to see? So again, you would be, it would be very, it would be very uh, shocking. And, and you, it would, you know, it was sort of like that feeling that you get after you've it had been in a bumper, you know, a little bumper car, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And you think to yourself, gee, that's really not good. So now the younger generation came along and went, you know what, we're calling you all out. That's not okay. We're not going to stand that anymore. And after that, I, I, I went, you know, I, I said, this is the time. It was locked down. There were no more bright, shiny objects because I'm a traveler uh, to lots of different events. I, I, I couldn't travel. I couldn't go anywhere. And and we got a New York City publisher involved. So it's Roman and Littlefield that really uh, picked it up. Um, uh, and we were thrilled to be with Roman and Littlefield because they are a global concern. I am in Barnes & Noble, which is the one of the only remaining bar, uh, bookstores in the United States. So the book is physically in their stores and I'm doing the uh, book signings because they saw also, I think, the importance of this topic now. And I say that now, Karen, because during COVID, after COVID, let's hope it's the end of, of all things COVID, but people experience a lot of loss. Loss of faith, loss of hope, loss of friends, loss of family, loss of jobs, loss of money, loss, loss, loss of, of, of feeling stable, of stability, of their individuality. I mean, yes, it was a good time for some things. The planet thrived and survived, and, and there were lots of you know animals that were all of the, the air quality, yes, lots of good things. And some people like myself were able to really hone in, just stay 16, 17, 18 hours a day in front of the computer to get work done. But the sense of instability for, again, all of the reasons that I just mentioned is a real thing right now. And I think that a lot of people's self-esteem took a hit. Yeah. They may not want to say as much, but it did. Definitely. This is a time to pick up books like mine where you can start with release, with release and you can go on to rebuild responsibility. Where are you taking responsibility? Where aren't you in your life? Uh, replace reaffirm, uh, reinvent, repeat, rebound, redirect, and then we end with respect of yourself and others and reciprocal. Uh, how many of us have a hard time, you know, either giving and or taking? I love giving. I have a harder time taking and I have to open up to the to those opportunities and possibilities when they come along. And that could be something as simple as a compliment that was given to you. Oh, this old thing? Oh my God, the wrinkles I've got on my face now. No, just say, if somebody says you're such, so pretty, well, thank you very much for that. Exactly. It's hard yeah. to do, isn't it? Clarita, we're just going to take a short break to announce our sponsors and we'll be back in a few minutes' time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. 
They also offer a COVID testing service, which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back, where we're talking to Clarissa Burt about her fabulous book, The Self-Esteem Regime, and we all need more self-esteem. So Clarissa, how can we get more self-esteem? How can the book help us? Yeah, I, I think that one of the first things we need to do is to get really clear on our values. What is really important to you? Where are the value systems that you want to be? Who, who is it you want to be and how do you want to live? I love to live in integrity. I love to live in honesty. I love to live with kindness. I love to give. To give. Um, where are the things that you know would make you a better person? Uh, again, a better person tomorrow than you are today. Um, master a new skill. I think that, you know, being able to just to get in and just, you you know, the education part is huge, whether you're mastering a new skill because you've taken a course online or now possibly in person, or you are learning something, taking new courses and classes, getting yourself, uh, you know, really uh, properly educated and continuing your education is so important to happy self-esteem. I think it's so rewarding it's, though as well, isn't it? It's so rewarding, very rewarding to an individual. And the first point you were saying about, you know, helping others and giving back to others. Um, I was doing some volunteer work during the, during the pandemic and I felt so uplifted and quite overwhelmed by it all really, because I was giving back and I really felt good about myself and it felt amazing. Well, that's part of the four, the four, the four pillars of self-esteem. Look good, feel good, be good, and greater good. And the greater good is the part where you volunteer, pay it forward, pay it back, you tithe, whatever it is. You, sometimes it's just keeping the door open on an elevator that somebody you see is running to catch. You're helping a woman down the stairs with a baby carriage, whatever that may be. Another thing is being really strong about uh, your, again, your your value systems, your beliefs, uh, and challenging your limiting beliefs. Do the work in the book. A lot of the work is journaling. A lot of the work is it's mirror work that you will do when you actually look at yourself and you say, there's there are many affirmations you can use in the book, but you can also uh, create your own. And getting it, it's going to look funny. It's going to feel weird. It's really going to be one of, maybe one of the most uncomfortable things you may ever do when you start looking at yourself and you start going deep into your own soul and start talking about the things that are that that you want to be telling yourself that that you're not going to wait for others to tell you because you don't need to wait you need to know that you are loved you need to know that you have forgiven yourself you need to tell yourself these things that will really change the trajectory of the way you're thinking about yourself Another one, which is just self-esteem 101. We've heard it before. We're going to hear it again. And that is stop comparing yourself to everybody else. You've not walked 100 miles in their shoes. Don't believe everything you see on social media. And be happy for those that are successful. The happier you are with others that are successful, the more you, you, you help, the more you rise with your energetic status, 
by being happy for those, by truly, truly, um, joy, you know, feeling the joy that they must be feeling for them. Tell them so. Tell them how proud you are of them. Tell them how amazing, you know, they are. It's really going to make you feel better as well. Exactly. Um, women empowering women. It's so important, isn't it? Let's just go back to those four pillars and talk about those because they're so important. And I don't want to brush over them because it's as simple as things, isn't it? So let's just talk about those four pillars again, Clarissa. Yeah, I think that the looking good is really, you know, you know, when you're looking good about everything that you do. Um, it's one of those kinds of things. And it's subjective. You know how, you know, how to better dress. You know what the makeup is, you know, and if you don't, we're here for that too. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's an easy enough fix. You know, I think that makeup and and hair is obviously very important, but color also is just important as is proportion in the way you're dressing. I digress, but let's get back. So <laughs> looking, you know, looking good is, is a, puts a lilt in your step. Yes. It just does. Feeling good. There's your diet, your exercise, your nutrition. And I, I don't, I mean, whether you need to, you think you need to get on a diet or not, but your exercise is so important and nutrition properly feeding your body is again, remember that remembering that your body and your mind are working in unison um, is really, really important. We've come to know uh, in the la latter years, these last years about the, you know, how detrimental sugar is on our brain, how, how detrimental alcohol can be to our brain. So to be really mindful about, you know, not only what you're feeling today, but how you're treating your body today for what is to come in the in the coming years really really important uh, great uh, be good is all is all about again I, I touched upon it your finances your your uh, leadership your your business how you're running your business um, it's all about uh, to, you know uh, how you're interacting with others uh, so all of the other things that encompass who you are as a person and making sure that they're all you're checking all of the checks and balances there so that you're, you're you know you're not caught off guard uh, should you not have some money put away or you're not investing your money in the proper way uh, this is all very important um, and I have a book specifically about finances in the book because all too many women know so little about what really finances are, how to better invest, and to, you know, again, check those balances because, you know, tomorrow is not promised, uh, and you may be in a relationship where someone is taking care of all of that for you. That may not be promised forever either. Yeah for many different reasons. So make sure that you know that you are financially stable. Um, and then the next one is greater good. What we talked yeah, about, and that is doing the right thing. Uh, that's, that is always, as you said, Karen, it's one of the first things that make you feel really good is doing something good for someone else. Definitely, definitely. So you also talk about the importance of support groups as well. So who are our support groups? Well, again, we've come up in different, in different, uh, uh, um, 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 let's call them educative processes, right? And that would be the, the natal tribe, your familiar home, your, your faith, your churches, whatever that may mean for you, your schooling, all of those different things have sort of formed you now as you go out into, into the world, as we go out every day. Uh, what is it that I said before? What is it not serving you? What is it that you need to change? And a lot of times, because we don't get to choose our pastor we don't get to choose you know uh where we're going to school and who our schoolmates chums are going to be or our family is going to be we get to choose now who our support systems are going to be who our support groups are going to be who our friends are going to be you know we're often told um some people are coming to our lives for a reason 
Some people come in for a season and some come in for a lifetime. Those are the, the, the relationships that come in for a lifetime. The first two we learned from, right? The reason, they're there for a reason. Okay, what did it teach me? Next one is for a season. All right, what did I learn from that? What would I change? What would I do differently? Uh, and the next one is for a lifetime. Those are the relationships that you want to hold very dear. Not that you don't want to hold all of them dear, but the ones that are going to be with you for a lifetime are going to love Family you. Family and friends, close, the closest, you know, in your inner circle kind of thing. Exactly. The friends you're able to choose that will support you through anything and everything and that you will do the same for. So that reciprocity of finding those people that love you no matter what, that are there for you no matter what, that support you and hold you in high esteem no matter what, and you will do the same. You do the same for them. Those are the support groups that you must find and hold them and cherish them and hold them very dear. Very, very true. So you've also reintroduced mirror therapy in your book. Now I looked yeah. at this. It's I know you said it was Louise Hay, and I think yes. her book was Mirror Work: The Most Powerful Affirmations. Yes, to say out loud when you're in front of the mirror and literally looking into your eyes yeah. and talking to yourself. Yeah, it's hard to do. <laughs> it's really weird. I will tell you, it's really weird. And it's very strange, but it is. It's. It also can be. It also can be very difficult. And some people, you know, uh, uh, Louise Hayes even just suggests having a couple of tissues close by, because if you really truly do the work that you are asked to do on a daily basis for the amount of time that you're asked to do it, and I, I sort of start out with, if you can do three to five minutes as a start, that's really great. But these are the kinds of things that um, will they will change the trajectory of your life because it changes the way you start to love yourself. Again, we were not here. We weren't here to be anybody else's doormat, right? Um, you should not be feeling any shame or any guilt about anything ever. Do not let people shame you. Don't let them guilt you. So let's just talk about the mirror therapy and, and what we're we doing in front of the mirror. What are we telling ourselves? Give us some examples of some mantras. Um, hello, Clarissa. Good morning. I want to let you know today how much I love you, how much I'm going to care for you, how much I think you are awesome. I also want to let you know that I forgive you for fill in the blank. Uh, for not standing up for yourself when so-and-so said whatever. Um, the next time I know that, you know, you're working on your boundaries, uh, you're working on your standards and some of the issues that you feel that you are not able to uh, address right now. But the next time, make sure that you tell them, you know, what you just said to me really didn't you know, feel so good. Let me explain why. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to get angry because I know you do tend to do that sometimes, but we're different now. We are not the person we were, we're meant, you know, we were 20 years ago. We can stand our ground, be very strong in our stead, stay strong in your stead when you're telling your mother, you know, hey mom, I'm not a kid anymore and I've got this, but I love you and thank you. Whatever it is is happening in your life at that time, Karen. You're literally having a conversation to get it off your chest, aren't you? But you're looking into your eyes in the mirror and you're telling yourself those things. And also you you say that you you live in a constant state of gratitude. Who would you like to thank? What are you most grateful for? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on my show. <laughs> and then every time I wake up in the morning, I do, I think, I think what, you know, again, and it could be God, Buddha, Krishna, it could be universe, divine source, whatever it is that resonates with you. I thank for the roof over my head, for the warm covers on my blanket. I thank for the food that's in my pantry. I thank for my family. I thank for my health. When I go on a trip, I thank for the safe arrival and the safe return. Um, um, I thank everyone that comes into my life for, you know, whatever it is. Well, thank you so much for, you know, being here today. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate your uh, opinion and your, your, uh, your input. So I really do try to live, even if sometimes it's not necessarily what I want to hear <laughs> or I was hoping, you know, to hear. Um, whatever it is that's coming at you is, is, is something you need to be grateful for. And it kind of fits in well with the fourth pillar as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does really well. So, you know, again, look, Karen, we were all born imperfect and we all do the best. You know, we should be, in my opinion, trying to live our best lives, you know, and, and I know it sounds redundant and we've heard it before, but honestly, um, if you, you know, you've also got to learn how to, you know, uh, we have the responsibility chapter, it's chapter three, but you know, to fully, you accept fully the responsibility, um, to, um, to be the best person that you uh, are meant to be. Uh, and you're going to, as I said, you're going to fall short. We're not perfect, but you know, definitely, um, want to be, uh, you know, taking that responsibility. I have another lovely saying that I love to live, I love to leave with the different uh, interviews that I do. And that is loyalty is when you have someone's back behind their back. Oh, I love that. So Clarissa, before we close today, um, so the book's available on Kindle and audiobook and paperback. So where right. can we get this book from? You mentioned Barnes and Noble. Where else can we buy the book? And if anyone buy it on any Amazon. questions, how can they get in touch? Yes, thank you. Well, the book, book is on Amazon. It's definitely on Barnes & Noble. Um, so Amazon, I'm sure, in England, um, they've got it there. And Clarissa Burt, social is just Clarissa Burt pretty much anywhere. Uh, Facebook is Clarissa Burt official, and I'm not on Snapchat, but I'm everywhere else. Well, I wish you all the best with the book, and I shall certainly be working on my four pillars. So have a great day. Thank you so much, Karen. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send me an email, karenindakelly at btinternet.com.